You're tuning in to Tanzi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. Every weekday we come to you um, live at 9 a.m. Um, and in Tasmania at 4.30 p.m. in the evening as well. Uh, if you're listening in Tasmania, you can catch us again. Um, I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and every Monday we have David Leo joining us from Devonport. And uh, David has been presenting his programs of... Um, a series of programs titled, titled Encounters with Jesus. And um, he'll be talking about a very interesting topic, which he's going to tell you about um, in a few minutes. Welcome, David. How are you today? Um, well, thank you, Tabitha. Happy, Happy Monday Mon- to you and all our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Happy Monday to you, David. How are you t- Thanks, this Tabitha. morning? Well, it's been a, yeah, it's a big weekend. Still, I think I'm still recovering. We... Um, We've been doing prophecy seminars and uh, been having a really good time doing that. And four presentations in a row. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, but it's it's great. It's so much fun. But yeah, but oh. um, uh, I'm 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 well. I have no complaints. That's Tabitha. good. Just, That's good to know. Just great. Just just thank thankful to God. <laughs> yeah, and we pray that God keeps giving you the strength um to do His work. Amen. Um, David, I have a yeah. question for you. Um. Have you ever been in a situation where, or a group or community where you felt like you didn't belong? You just, you know, you just didn't feel like you blended in. Um, and how did that yeah. make you feel? This is this is a good question. We're obviously going to be talking about the importance of belonging. And uh, to answer your question, I do have a specific moment where I felt uh, excluded. Mm. And it was um, when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And and I have I had a group of friends that we um, always played together, and I was like the leader of the group. And um, one time we we're playing handball, mm-hmm. and there was, do you know, do you know that game handball, um, Tabitha? Mm, I do. Popular, yeah. You do? Okay, okay, yeah. cool. So it, it's a game, and we had six people in the squares, right? And um, uh, they, everyone said I did something. I think I hit the ball, and it went. It, it, uh, what do they call it? When it goes over the line, it doesn't bounce in your square first. Mm. I think I fouled. Well, anyway, it was a foul anyway. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was a foul. But everyone else did. All five of them did. Mm. You know, and I felt like, oh, my friends have turned their back on me. You know? And I got this, uh, I felt really upset. Like they turned on me, you know? Like, um, but... I believed, I believed them. I thought, yeah, they must be right. If five of them said it, then there must be something about that, you know. But just the spirit of feeling like, no, you're out, Dave. You have to get out, you know. Like you're wrong. And I, and I remember thinking, oh man, this, these are my people, and I've got to, I got to go now, you know. Like, so not only did I just get out, I didn't go and line up again. Mm-hmm. I actually, I actually said, oh, I want to go get a drink, but I went and had a little cry. <laughs> Because oh, no. <laughs> because I, I was so hurt, you know, I was like, oh man. But I remember that specifically. So when you ask that question, uh, that's how traumatizing it was. That at 11 years old, you know, I remember feeling excluded. So you know, I I, I can uh, I can't feel. I, I don't know what the pain was like. I just know it hurt. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I I can't remember the exact pain, but I, I know it really hurt. That oh man, my friends' faces and their voices are really you know communicating that. But mm-hmm. that uh, that's. That's where we're going. That's where we're going today. I want to ask you a question that's opposite to that, though, Tabitha. Yeah. Do you know? Of, do you know of a group that you feel like you belong to? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Tell my us. Seventh Day Adventist Church <clears throat> family. Um, well, that's that's encouraging. 
Yeah, yeah. like I it just um yeah, I was telling a friend last week that when I if I like you know, sometimes things happen and I misjudge. Um like I just feel feel really bad and that week I feel like um I'm sort of losing some connection and it just affects me in a negative way. But when I go to church I just feel like I belong and there's just so much warmth and love in church. And um yeah, it's just a good feeling. I always feel like I belong there. Well, that's 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 uh, really great to hear, Tabitha. I mean, uh, and to our listeners, you know, like that's uh, that's where we're going with our reading today. We're talking about the importance of belonging, and you know, I was looking at, I was looking at some statistics um, when it comes to business, Tabitha, mm-hmm. and this is from the Harvard the Harvard Magazine. Uh, is that what it's called? Harvard Business Review. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says this, it says, uh, if workers feel like they belong, Mm -hmm. companies reap substantial bottom line benefits. Here's some of them. 56% increase in job performance, Mm -hmm. uh, 50% drop in turnover risk, Mm -hmm. 75% reduction in sick days. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so for a 10,000 person company, Mm -hmm. that would result in about annual savings of 52 million. Wow. So you can see that even in you know it's great to hear that in um you know in, that you feel belong to the church community, but you can see even in the in the workplace mm. that if people feel like they belong, there's a lot of uh, positive things that come from that. Absolutely, you know, like uh, yeah, and, and I could I could uh, yeah imagine looking because you said you uh, when you don't go to church, you feel those negative effects, you know, and you mm. think, oh man, I, I I wish I was there, and so. You know, like same with the work. You know, so I'm pretty sure some people call sick days because they don't like work. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know of people. I know of people that don't like dealing with people at, at their particular workplace, hmm. and so they don't, they don't really want to be there. You know, so, you know. So when you when you feel like you belong, hmm. it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a really important place to be. And I want I want, to, I want our listeners to consider. You know, the time that we're living in now, it nearly feels like we've been encouraged to be isolated. You know, I, I work a lot with young people and trying to encourage them to get together to um, do things in person. Mm. You know, it's it's uh, it's not, for some of them, it's not as um, entertaining or amusing as if they just sat at home with their phone mm. and went on social media or did whatever they do that they're comfortable with in, in home. That's that's more, um, that's that's more, what do you call it, also preferred mm. than... You know, being with so people and having to deal with people around them. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So it's ne- we're nearly at a place, and, and you know, I I feel like um, things, there were some people that isolate themselves voluntarily. And uh, since COVID 19, we, we're seeing that psychologically it's affecting people that are in lockdown, you know. So it's, it's um, when we look at the Bible, we're not created. Mm. When you go right to Genesis, Mm. uh, you know, Adam, it says that Adam looked around and saw that the animals all had partners and said, man, how come I didn't, how come I don't have a partner? You know, so there's this innate, um, uh, thing that God has put inside each human being that we need to be socializing with other human beings. Mm. That, That has to happen. If it doesn't happen, then, you know, we, we, the loneliness is probably the worst epidemic ever in the world and it's getting worse mm. and uh, God has made us to be people that have to connect with other people so whoever's listening here if you you know I, my uh, I really hope that you do have a community that you belong to yeah. and that's that's where we're going with our reading today so and we if have you a- don't mind uh, mm. yeah, Tabitha go ahead 
I was going to mention our listener question, um, just on that yeah. line that if you can text us, um, how you making sure you belong to a community? How do you make sure yeah. you belong to a community? Um, text us yeah. how you do that, um, t- on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and that's our show number. You can text us any questions, any comments, or feedback. Mm, awesome. Mm. Thanks, Abba. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, it's in there through, you know, um, yeah, we'll look forward to hearing that. I, I hope that everyone is intentional about connecting with others. That's, that's, I'm, I'm hoping by the end of this, this, uh, talk that we have, Tabitha, that mm. if somebody is not doing that, that they will be encouraged to do that. So, um, let's, let's go, let's go to our reading if we can, Tabitha, and if you could read it for us. Did you want we're us to mark- pray first? Yeah, yeah, we'll get a Mark 12 mm-hmm. for, for anyone that's following us. Um, hopefully, don't look it up if you're driving in the car. Mm. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're looking at Mark 12. We're continuing on from last week. The, the Sanhedrin wanted to challenge Jesus. Mm. And today and for the next two weeks, we're going to see three groups of people that want to challenge Jesus' authority. Mm. Okay, And today is the Pharisees. But um, Yes, let's pray before we get into the reading. Father in heaven, we're about to hear your word. Uh, Father, we know your word in creation. When you said things, things were done. And so, Father, I pray you do the same thing for us now as we hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Mark 12, verse 13 to 17, just a short passage. Just a short passage this morning. Okay. Do you want me to read? Mm. Yes, please. Um, So the title is The Pharisees and... um Then is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Then they Mm. sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of man, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And um, Jesus answered and said to him, Render to Caesar what belongs, um, the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Mm-hmm. So we'll come back and we'll discuss this text in our, after our song. Thanks, Tabitha. That's okay. And just remind our listeners, you can catch us on previous. You can catch up on previous episodes from the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. And this song is "The Perfect Wisdom of a God" by Keith and Christine Getty.
wisdom of his ways that mark the path of righteousness. His word a lamp unto my feet, his spirit teaching and guiding me. to Tazian Countess on Faith FM and you're listening to David Leo today talking about um, a coin toast. And uh, before we went for a break, uh, we read a scripture passage that, uh, and David is going to talk more about that. Um, and just to remind our listeners, we have a free offer today and uh, we'll give you more information after some time later on. Um, before we continue, we ask the listener question, how are you making sure you belong to a community? Um, how do you mm. make sure you belong to a community? Because we understand the benefits of belonging to a community. Um, text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. David, would you like to talk about the scripture passage that we just read before the break? Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, so last week we looked at uh, these this this uh, delegation from the Sanhedrin, and they sent them to see Jesus after he turned over the tables and they said, Jesus, uh, you know, what authority do you come to, to do these things, you know, and talk to us, uh, talk to everyone in this manner. And uh, they were, they were gobsmacked. You know, they had no idea mm-hmm. how to respond to the way that Jesus responded to them because he basically said, well, if you can't answer my question, mm-hmm. I'm not going to answer yours. <laughs> and so, uh, and there's this parable between, in between mm-hmm. what we, what we're going through today, there's a parable in uh, Mark 12 is 1, 1 to 12, and I encourage everyone to read it. That parable actually uh, ex- kind of expands on, on the story last week and also the next three stories we're going to go through, which includes this one. 
because there are three groups of people that are about to challenge Jesus. First is the Pharisees, then is the Sadducees, which is next week, and the following week we're looking at uh, the scribes. They come to challenge Jesus as well. So all three mm-hmm. are coming to challenge um, you know, Jesus' authority. But this time, mm-hmm. the Pharisees, they're, they're a bit clever. They, they come with a different approach this time. They're not so confronting as the last group. Uh, they actually come differently. And it's not just the Pharisees. Can you see which other group is with them? Yeah, the Herodians. The Herodians, right? And the Pharisees, these guys are the ones that explain how Jewish life should be lived because of what the Scripture says, what the Torah. So the Pharisees are like pastors. They try and explain what the Bible is saying and try and tell the people this is what it's about. And, um, you know, so they're... they're, they're um, People that give instructions of Jewish life. And the Herodians, these people are Jews that have rejected the Jewish way of life and decided to follow the Greek way of life. Mm. So the Herodians are not only just uncircumcised, and that's the Jewish identity, you know, a circumcision of the, of the boys. And, um, you know, they've, they've decided to live their life just like the Greeks do because they don't like the way that Jews live. So the Herodians and the Pharisees, they're usually enemies. Mm. But you can see in this passage, mm-hmm. they've come together because they have a common enemy. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, they, they, they've, uh, they've come in unity. In fact, I was talking to my, my kids about this story mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we, were, we were discussing the difference between unity. There's a unity of like the Pharisees and the Herodians. Mm-hmm. And there's a unity that you find in Acts 2 verse 1 where it talks about mm-hmm. and all the disciples were inside the upper room and they're all in one accord the Bible says Hmm. there's two different types of unity there's a unity (laughs) that is against God and there's a unity that is for God Hmm. right and so I was trying to ask them you know I was talking to them about the difference of uniting what type of unity are you joining you know what what kind of groups are you joining what kind of people are you looking at and uh, the Herodians and the Pharisees they want to take Jesus down and the way they approach Jesus I don't know if this is a Greek um a, a Greek um, technique, but they try to they try to flatter him. Mm. Did you did you see that how they try to flatter Jesus? The mm, words they, they try, use, yeah. Teacher, we know this and this. You're true, and you yeah, care about yeah. You're a true, yeah. You 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 you're a, you're a solid teacher because you don't care what anybody else thinks. Mm. You know, you're not swayed by how people look. You know, and uh, the iron the irony is, <laughs> he's looking at them and going, yeah, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know what you're up to, you know. So their their approach is very different to the Sanhedrin delegates. They're trying to flatter Jesus, they're trying to make Jesus, hey, you're, you're a great teacher, you know. Like, oh. so, um, you know. And then they they hit him with a the question. They hit them with the question: Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And you know, the Bible even tells us in verse 15, mm-hmm. he knows it, he sees the hypocrisy, he sees right through, he says, why are you trying to put me to the test? <laughs> right? why, why are you trying to test me? Because he knows that either way he answers, if he says, mm-hmm. yes, pay your taxes to Caesar, mm-hmm. then they go back to the Jews and they say, you know, Jesus, Jesus is a, a traitor. Mm. He's telling us uh, that we should pay taxes to Caesar. The only person that we, the only God that we serve is Yahweh. You know, so he knows they're going to do that. And if he says, uh, yes, pay your taxes to the Romans. Then he, they're going to go to the Romans and say, you know that Jesus, he's actually teaching everyone they should pay, um, you know, uh, what, what do you call it? Oh, sorry, they'll do the same thing to the Pharisees. You know, they, they, they yeah, they, they say, the, say the same thing to the Pharisees that, uh, um, you know, the, uh, 
the Romans, you know, he's saying pay it to Caesar, that he's he's a servant of Caesar. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we should take him down, you know. So either way, they're gonna they're gonna try and get the Romans to turn on him and they're gonna try and get the Pharisees or uh, the, the Jews mm-hmm. the Jews to turn on Jesus. So he can see the trap and he says, What what do you what do you test me for? And then he says, um, give me a denarius. You know? And a denarius is the is the right amount for the temple tax. Mm. That's how much the temple tax is. And the irony, mm-hmm. I want you to see the irony in this situation. Jesus doesn't have a denarius. Mm. And they do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they have a denarius. You know, it's like, oh, why you still got why you still got the tax in your hand? You should be paying that. You know? <laughs> but anyway, they've got a denarius and they say, Give me give me a denarius and you see and they, they they do, they give it to him and he looks at it and um he asked them a question, you know, and um, and just like today, um, they had inscriptions on the coin, right? I think if you if you pull a coin, you'll have heads. will have the picture of um, the queen, right? In, in Australia, mm-hmm. and on the other side is a picture of it could be an iconic animal of like the one dollar coin. Was it the two dollar coin? I can't remember. That has the kangaroo on it, right? Mm-hmm. And so. You know, uh, the coins have been have had this tradition for a long time, and back then I think it had um, the the denarius. It had a picture of Tiberius on one side, and it had a picture of Tiberius's mother on the other side, and it said Pontifus Maximus, which is the high priest. And the other side said Tiberius, the son of Augustus the Divine, something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he gets his denarius and he says, "Whose inscription is on this?" And they said, "Oh, um, Caesar." And he says, "Yeah, that's right." You know, so, and then he, uh, and then he says to them, "Well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, mm. and give to God what belongs to God." Mm. Now, the question they said they asked them, mm-hmm. um, "Should we pay taxes? You know, and, and should we pay taxes to Caesar?" Mm-hmm. And he says to them, "Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar." Mm-hmm. And give to God what belongs to God. What should be the next question? What should be the next question that the Pharisee should ask Tabitha what in that be- conversation? Um, yeah. What is God's? Like what belongs to God? Good. Exactly. Hmm. They should have asked the question, well, what belongs to God? And they wouldn't. They wouldn't ask the question because they knew that they've been trapped. <laughs> they, came to, they came to trap Jesus and they got caught in Jesus' trap. Mm. And the trap that they were about to get caught in is if one of them, if one of them dared to say, because remember they know the Torah inside out, they know the Book of Genesis inside out, right? Mm-hmm. And if they dared to ask the question, uh, well, what belongs to God? Mm-hmm. The question that would have come to Jesus, to G, from Jesus was, mm-hmm. well, what image is on you? Mm. What image is inscribed on you? And they would have had to answer from the Torah, and the Torah says. That we are made in the image of God, mm. and at that specific, and at that moment, if they admit that, if they say, "Yeah, um, yeah, okay, all right, uh, yeah, we belong to," they're basically saying to Jesus, "Well, then, if that's the case, then we belong to you." Mm. And they would not dare do that. They did not want to put themselves in a situation where they had to make the admission. Oh. I belong to Jesus, mm. right? And there's, 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 there's the challenge. This, this is why we're talking about belonging before. This is where the rubber meets the road. Mm. You know, we ask the question, who, who do we belong to? And 
you know, as soon as you as soon as you make the admission, well, I'll ask you, Tabitha, you know, and, and maybe our listeners are thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Why did they not? Why did they want to avoid making the admission that they belong to Jesus? Um, from my understanding, is that the Pharisees they had hardened their hearts, and um, I. I I tend to think that they actually knew who Jesus was and why he was there, but then t- because he was challenging them, um, reprimanding re- their way of uh, how they were conducting themselves, be- being um, leaders of the church, the way they were, they were not actually doing their job as Jesus would have approved. And uh, so they were not happy with that. They knew who Jesus was, but then they, they were really trying to build a barrier just so they didn't actually let Jesus in. So I'm thinking even the questions they were asking, they were doing them in a very shallow way. They didn't want to get the to get into the deeper meaning or um get the deeper concepts because then as you said, um they would be met with an answer that they were not they didn't want to hear. Not, and that, not ready for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they just didn't well, want so to he, get deep into that because they just didn't want to accept Jesus. Yeah, well, not just them. You mm. know, even even people, even us today, mm. right? And this is why I, this is why I um I want to bring this up is because when we make the admission that we belong to somebody, mm. then we have the obligation to listen to that person. That's true. And actually, what I was going to say, the listener question that we asked, how do you make sure you belong to a community? I've been to a, mm. in a situation where, like, in a group where you're like, um, you know, actually don't feel really part of this group. But if you take some time to actually get to know the members and spend some time with them and get to know them, then you start, you know, you start getting that sense of belonging. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm still well, encouraging our listeners to text in their responses. How do you make sure you belong to a community? That is, mm. um, yeah, just text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, I believe it's time to listen to another song, and this song is "Seek First" by Carly Fletcher. It's another brand new day And there's so much to do My head hurts I reach for my phone And I see a pile of dirty clothes My schedule starts to fill With the plans I will do for this day But God stills my voice, he calls Won't you stop a while and spend time with me? Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness Shall be added unto you. 
another brand new day And there's so much to do My head hurts But I need you, Jesus Christ To come and fill my life With joy and meaning All those other things can wait As I lay all my plans at your feet For this time I spend with you Gives me strength to make it through what I face Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness First God's kingdom and His righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was Seek First by Carly Fletcher and you're listening to Tazz Encounters with David Leo and um, just before we went for a break we asked a listener question why do you think it's um, how do you make it, make sure you belong to a community um, text us your, your responses to 0488 Up, uh, David where uh, what would you like to talk about in this section? Yeah, well, we've just gone through the, the passage and I, and I made a comment that um, the Pharisees found it hard to make the admission because then they'll realize that if they say, uh, you know, who, what, what belongs to God, you know, and Jesus would have said, well, the image that is on you, is the, the Bible says that we are made in God's image, so you, you, you belong to me. Mm. <laughs> and then they would have, you know, had to listen to what Jesus says. That's probably the hardest part of uh belonging and i want to bring you to our understanding today you know one of the one of the greatest um probably the most challenging in the western world anyway one of the most challenging narratives to the creation story mm-hmm. is the evolution story mm. right so the, the the big bang everything just unraveled from there and uh you know uh lo and behold uh, all all the chances everything all the uh random probabilities of what we could be is what we are now, you know, the ability to think, feel, and do what we do right now. That's a very, very simplified way of trying to explain that uh, that story. But you know, when we when we take to account that we're either random or we actually believe in what Genesis says, Genesis one verse twenty six and twenty seven says that we are made in the image of God. That means we belong. Right, and that sounds eerie. That sounds like, oh, you know, oh, that's a very fuzzy feeling to to belong. But there's actually a very uncomfortable side of that, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the uncomfortable side of that is what I mentioned before, is the Pharisees didn't want to make that admission because it makes them, um, then they have to listen to Jesus, right? Then the other word that we can use is it makes us accountable. So belonging comes with accountability. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, if you go to join a business, you know, if you go to join a, a, a company, mm-hmm. uh, usually they'll give you an induction. You know, they'll, they'll tell you this is what our company's about mm-hmm. and uh, this is what you can expect from us. This is what we expect from you. Mm. You're going to wear our uniform. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you know, if it's a food company, you're going to tie up your hair if you've got a lot of hair. If you, I don't have any hair, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but you're going to tie up your hair, make sure it doesn't fall into the um, food. Mm. Uh, these are, uh, we expect you to work this many hours. We, you know, so that, and then you have this contractual agreement, mm. right? And in a way, in a way, I, I don't know, I, I know people don't like saying this and it doesn't, doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. You belong to that company now mm. as far as employment's concerned. Right, yeah. and you've made an agreement, so now you're accountable. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't wear the uniform, they can say to you, "Hey, listen, you're doing the wrong thing because mm-hmm. you agreed that you're going to wear the uniform as long as you work in this place, right?" And so you have to be accountable to that. Now, that's a very uh, that's that's probably probably something that a lot of people can relate to. But I want to bring it more personal. I want to bring it to a, a um, something that is very that, that God uh, that God instilled or instituted which is family god instituted family to understand him more right and so there's this thing that happens in weddings mm-hmm. you've been to wedding no, uh, no, you're, you're you're yes you're uh, yes yeah, i've been, been to a few weddings here yeah. they're beautiful <laughs> yeah well, well you, you say you're beautiful that's very very um sentiments a lot of a lot of uh, woman would say it's a it's a beautiful thing, you know. For uh, I, I know I don't know if I speak in behalf of other guys. I do it about obligation, but mm. um, now that I'm married, I'm I'm like you. I'm like man, this is wonderful. You know, this is this is great. And and the and there's a part in the wedding where the two of them face each other, mm-hmm. and they say these extraordinary things to each other. They make these huge promises, mm. and they make themselves accountable to the other person, mm. right? And, and it's and it's real, they say things like this. They say things like, um, you know, through rich and through poor, mm. through health and sickness, you know, good all, and uh, bad through, times. Through good and the bad times, I'm going to be there for you, and I'll look after you when you're sick. You know, and it's like, wow, <laughs> what huge, what what a huge thing to say. You know, parents parents are obligated to do this. But if you're meeting someone, you know, you're not obligated. You choose to do that. Mm, that's right. right. Mm, that's true. And so they make these huge things. And, and if you want to, if you want to summarize it, basically husband and wife are saying to each other, mm-hmm. I belong to you and you belong to me. Mm. You know? And so you, you don't hear that. You don't hear that uh, very often. I like to, my wife and I like to talk like that uh, a lot of times when we jest and blah, blah, blah. You know, if, um, uh, you know, can you do this for me? Oh no, I can't. Well, please, but you belong to me. You know, a bit of a just a bit of a joke, you know. But but the but truth of the matter is, mm-hmm. every husband and wife that have gone through those vows, they have made that admission that they belong to one another, mm. right? And so, uh, and they're held they're held accountable to that um, to that agreement that they made before God and before other people that witnessed it, and. You know, when we stick to these, when we stick to this understanding of accountability in these amazing relationships, mm-hmm. you can see how much of, of a blessing it is. You know, because uh, in our in our in the times that we're living in now, over fifty percent of marriages end up in divorce, which is very discouraging. You know, and, mm-hmm. and it's the inability 
to not to it's the inability to not only hold each other accountable, mm. but to be accountable to yourself and God, mm. right? So when, when when God's involved in this, and this is this is where the this is where we want to really get into because this is what we're looking at in the in the Bible here. God is saying that, hey, you belong to me, mm. right? And when it comes to the when it comes to the covenant, the promises in the Bible, God has made these similar vows with His people. He says, "You're my people, and I'm your God. Mm. You belong to me, and I belong to you. Make your claim. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, I am your God. Say it to me. Mm. You are my God. You're, you know, Jesus, you are mine. There's this awesome song written by Franny Cos- Crosby, and it says, um, uh, "Blessed assurance." Jesus is mine. mine. And when I sing that song, when I sing that song, Blessed Assurance, I'm reminded, oh, oh, man, yeah, I, I, I forget that. You know, like, um, I'm G, you know, I'm his and he is mine. And, and the song, it's even in uh, Song of Solomon, My Beloved is Mine and I am His. Right? <laughs> this, this is this letter that, that is written. And, and we, when we made that admission, the promises that are made, whatever promises that God has made to you, you can be sure that He's faithful to keep those promises, right? And for us, when we make those promises, we have to be held accountable too. Mm. And you know, when, when I do baptisms, I love to remind the person that I'm, I'm baptizing. I love to remind them that you're now going to belong to a universal church. Mm. <laughs> right? There are there are people around the world that have made the same decision as you and God and his angels look down as well and say you belong to us as well mm. this is this is whole community involved in this now you you belong to a community that is on heaven and earth mm. you know like man we, we 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 need to keep keep that in our minds and then so <laughs> i want to quickly get to the uh, i want to challenge the other the other narrative mm-hmm. the other narrative i said is either we believe that we're created and that jesus uh, we do belong to Jesus and he belongs to us or the other narrative is <clears throat> we were made by a random se- uh, se- sequence of events and we don't belong to anybody now if we don't belong to anybody mm-hmm. what does that mean what does that mean Tabitha um, we are not accountable we do what we want yeah you know, live life as you want to live. Mm. You are your own person. Your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth. Survival of the fittest. You know, um, as long as it makes you happy, that's okay. And where are we now? Yeah, that's we, where we are. Everything I've mm. that's everything I've just said. That's a we hear those popular meanderings. You know, every time we maybe have a uh, you know a, a disagreement with a friend and they want to end the debate, oh listen, that's your truth and this is my truth. It's oh wow, okay, well we we can't keep on discussing this, you know. But when we're not held accountable, mm. man, we just we could do whatever we want, we you know, and you know, hurt whatever we hurt, love whatever we love, and there's nobody there to say, hey, look, perhaps that's wrong, you know. And one of the best gifts. You know, when you get married one day, Tabitha, you're going to tell me this. But one of the best things is to have somebody next to you that can pull you up and say, David, that thing you said to that person, perhaps it wasn't right. Mm. Why not? I'll ask. Why not? And my wife will break it down for me. I didn't think of that. Mm. Babe, I didn't think of that. I'm going to keep that in mind for next time. Mm. You know, and having somebody pull you up, some, uh, pull you up like that is amazing. Mm. And when you have God and he's given us the Bible, 
even more so. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Mm. Indeed. <clears throat> and uh, for our offer for today, it's a book called Genesis and Science. Where is the evidence going? And that is Belenold Brand. Uh, it's a beautiful book. And in this book, accumulating research, even in geology, is providing more evidence in favor of a biblical worldview. And the theory of biblical micro, micro evolution is facing deadly new challenges. Our faith is in the God of the Bible and is not dependent on scientific verification. But science has been bringing to light much new evidence that is encouraging to a Bible believer. As worldviews are based on one or more either assumptions, we might assume that there is a God or that there is no God, that life arose with or without intelligent design, or either that the universe came into being by itself or that God made it. And um, this book is very interesting and it's um, giving you a lot of information on evolution and um, creation. Um, So we'll give you the code to claim this book after the break, but for now we're going to listen to this song, In the Image of God by Sunset Worship.
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was In the Image of God by Sunset Worship and uh, you're listening to Tars Encounters with David Leo and that's just what David talked about before we went for a break, made in the image of God. And um, before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to request for the offer for today, which is the book Genesis and Science, where is the, evi- where is the evidence going? And um, the code to Claim the book is Logos 10, L-O-G-O-S number 10. No space in between. Um, text that to 0488-880-891. Um, Logos 10 to 0488-880-891. And we'll be able to send that book to you. So, David, I believe we are in the last section of today's program. And it has been a very yes. interesting program. How would you like to finish off? I want to finish off by trying to encourage you know I really do want to hear from um, I'd love for you to text through you know what are you, what are you doing to make sure that you belong to a community a community that you can be uh, held accountable and that you can be encouraged you know I, I, I put this down a lot of people understand this already I, I believe that my my faith and my confidence that I have now comes from growing up in a community mm. you know I, I came I grew up in a um, <clears throat> I grew up in a uh, Samoan church and um, a lot of you know when you grow up in a church like that you you, know, you grow up calling you got to call everyone uncle and auntie mm. you know so by the time I was I think I was by the time I was eight years old seven and eight I started understanding the concept of auntie and uncle and I started asking my parents man you got a lot of brothers and sisters <laughs> and they had to explain they had to explain to me no they're, they're not actually my brothers and sisters they're my brother yeah brothers and sisters in Christ and they care about you and so I had all these. Adults and all these children I grew um, grew up in, you know. In fact, um, I didn't just get told off by my parents. You know, when when I was when I was doing something wrong, it's like my mum and dad had eyes and ears everywhere. Mm-hmm. I can get told off by Uncle Sam that's mm-hmm. in the car park. You know, if he sees me and one of my friends mucking around on the fence, they go, "Hey, you stop that, right? Pull me up and say, hey, because they've all they've all amongst them. I, I now that I understand now that I'm an adult, but amongst all of them, they've had an agreement that we all look after our kids." You know, this is not just you doing it. This is all of us doing it together, right? And so, in that, growing up in that type of environment, I, um, I, I've been held accountable. I felt like there were people that invested in my life, you know. And um, I know that this is the the unit that that God created. I believe that families, that's where we first understand understand the concept of belonging, mm. right? That's to be to be a part of part of a family. Uh, I mentioned before that over fifty percent of um, Marriages end up in divorce, and you know that there are um, today uh, broken uh, families or single parenting or all that kind of stuff. That's quite the norm now, mm-hmm. right? But even in those cases, it doesn't discount the fact that you can still feel like you belong and make children feel like they belong. Mm. You know, and communities like the church, 
when you bring them to a church, that's some of the places that should be, I, I use that word you know, with air quotes, they should be a place where it's ex- an extension of the family. Mm. Where just like where I grew up, you call people uncle and aunties and they, they can, you know, um, they invest in you, they hold you accountable, they make your children feel like they are loved and, and all these great things that happen. Right? And so, um, the, the, the point I want to make is be aware that <clears throat> This this uh, thing this this part of us that God has created created us to be social beings. It comes at the cost of you being held accountable. Mm. And in the in the Western world that we live in, you know, we we really um, we really value individual individualism. You know, being able to do things on your own and being independent. But when you when you belong, <laughs> and just like the marriages, you know, you give vows and you allow yourself to be part of something bigger. Mm. And uh, the and one thing I can tell you is the moment that you realize that you're part of God's family and that you're a child of God, uh, things around you will just start changing. You know, the way you treat others when you realize that this that that Jesus went to die on the cross. You know, uh, conquer death and rise again for the sake of you and me understanding that we are his child, that we are not, we're not just part of random events. We were specifically made in his image. When you understand that, mm-hmm. you start treating others differently and you start seeing the world differently. Your whole way of viewing the world changes. So, uh, I really encourage you for anyone that's uh, thinking of these things and wrestling with these things and perhaps. Even if you're a Christian, you haven't really looked at evolution. Then this book that we're offering, take take a look at that and see how much Jesus values you and loves you. So um, I pray that, that that's a blessing for you. Mm. Thanks, Tabitha. Thank you so much for that powerful and beautiful sharing, David. Um, I understand the benefits of being part of a community, and uh, it's. I really wish for everyone to feel like they belong to a certain mm. community because you get all sorts of support. Um, and it is which you really need to get through this life. Um, I thank our listeners for joining us today. And uh, just to remind our listeners, we have a free offer today, which is a book called Genesis and Science, Where is the Evidence Going? And that's by Linald uh, Brand. This book is arguing the view of evolution versus um, creation and it's a very interesting book and the code to claim that book is Logos 10, L-O-G-O-S number 10, no space in between Logos 10, text that to 0488-880-891 and we'll be able to send that book to you Um, David, what do you have for us next week? Next week it's titled Till Death Do Us Part uh, next week the uh, Sadducees a group called the Sadducees come to challenge Jesus this time, so they're all having a go. And, um, yeah, it's challenging Jesus' authority as far as the resurrection is concerned. So just when you thought about marriage, we will be talking about <laughs> marriage next week, but it's actually about the resurrection of uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. it. I believe it's going to be a very interesting topic, and there will be a lot to oh, learn. Yeah. So join David and I next week to learn more about the, ty- the topic, Till Death Do Us Part. And tomorrow we have Gary Webster um, with Jason Cook, and uh, Gary will be talking about life after life, what happens when we die. Um, yeah, that sounds very interesting. Join Gary tomorrow to learn more about that. And uh, wherever you are, thank you for joining us. And we hope you've been 
blessed by today's um, sharing and wherever you are, enjoy the rest of your day. We are going to go out with this song, All Creatures of Our God and King by Anthem Lights. Creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him. so strong ye clouds that sail in heaven long oh praise him hallelujah thou rising morning praise rejoice lights of evening find a voice oh praise him oh praise him Yeah.